I have gone back and forth over whether or not I should continue to release the podcast that I have already recorded. And to be honest, I don't quite know if there's a right answer. Um, so what I can do is just do what I think is best and, and what feels right for me. It's important to note, I guess, in case you've been living under a rock for your whole life, um, our country is founded on certain beliefs and patterns that absolutely marginalize certain groups of people and make it not safe to look a certain way. I have an episode coming out. I think both of these are going to drop on the same day, tomorrow the 3rd. And I'm going to do an intro, a, a different intro with the guest of the podcast that's going to drop tomorrow. Um, we're going to include all of the important links and um, things that you can do, places you can donate. But for this one, I just kind of wanted to do what I do best, which is, I think, just kind of share some analytical thoughts. Because that's how I have always approached the world. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that now. I'm going to read from a book called Seeing, Knowing, Being, A Guide to Sacred Awakenings, written by John Greer. Before I kind of jump into it, John Greer is somebody who traveled the world, I believe back in the 1960s, uh, in the United States Peace Corps. So again, we, we have it come up very blatantly there in the 1960s. Um, that's when civil rights movement passed. Did it change much? Hmm. I think time can tell you no, it didn't. It definitely didn't. So here we are. Here we are. That's kind of what I keep coming back to is here we are. And we have this chance to be different, to look different. And I think that chance, anybody can tell you, um, sits in the hands of us. Sits in the hands of people that look like me. People that, by chance, were spit out onto this planet with white skin in a country that classifies white as better. So, what can we do? Um, like I said, I'm going to detail what we can do 
in the next intro to the podcast. I'm going to try and keep this one short and sweet, but as I was reading this book, um, unrelated to that particular framework of George Floyd and countless other people um, named and unnamed that get slaughtered, um, before before that framework kind of came into the forefront of my mind and likely yours, um, I was reading this book and when thinking about what I could bring to the table um, as, again, as my outward, you know, as who I am, I guess, these thoughts kind of came to mind. So the chapter I'm reading from is called Knowledge. The quote kicks us off. It says, as long as you are certain about things, you are living within boundaries. Deepak Chopra. So let me repeat that because I kind of got lost in my in my mind. But as long as you are certain about things, you are living within boundaries. And I think we're kind of seeing that play out. We see that all the time in many different facets, but particularly it's these people that go, well, this it can't be this, you know, protesting can't be this because it's it's that or looting can't be this because because it's not that. And and who are you? Like who are you to say that? And and really, I think it's everything. I think it's this and that, which is if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that that's something that I say a lot is that Nothing is cut and dry. Everything exists in a gray area. It just does. So try and remove some boundaries. That's what I would offer. Try and remove some boundaries in your mind and 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 shift your perspective. I'm going to continue reading just a little bit here. Knowledge perpetuates itself through the process of acculturation in which the socially ordained worldview is fostered in its members through the collaborative effort of all those around them. Children begin to learn this conceptual blueprint almost as soon as they are born, and the facts and conceptual understandings that they acquire are stabilized and logically integrated as their reasoning ability develops. At this stage, information or experiences inconsistent with such, quote, reality-adjusted thinking are typically dismissed, such as the, quote, imaginary friends that young children often play with and talk to or never recognized in the first place. From the very beginning of our lives, we are taught the importance of learning about the world and mastering the ideas, facts, and figures that are the currency of social interchange. So it's just food, food for thought. What have you been handed as a child, and what did you accept? Did you accept everything you were handed? Again, something I say all the time, question everything. Question everything. Not because everything is wrong, but because chances are there's things you don't agree with. And I remember, you know, I remember learning about 
Oh, no, I, I don't think this episode has dropped on my dad's podcast, but we, we talk about why comedy is important. And we talk about Homie the Clown, which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and you need a little bit of a laugh, go look that up. Uh, Homie the Clown was a character on um, In Living Color. And Homie attacks head on the issues that we are seeing play out today and highlights them to let you know that they have been happening since forever. So as a young child, I don't I think I watched In Living Color from like at least age six, but definitely when I was seven and onward. So it was like I was told early on that what I was taught in school was not true for somebody that looks like Homie the Clown, which this is a harsh edit, but it took me too long to Google the name of the person that played Homie D. Clown, because I knew it was one of the Wayans brothers, but that's not fair to just not know who it was. Anyway, it was Damon Wayans, one of the siblings, so all right, back to it. So early on, I was like, oh, wow. You know, what I've been taught by culture is wrong, is is wrong. And now, after you know, 1964, I mean, of course, it, it was going on before then, but Let's just use that as a marker. Uh, When my parents were born, 1964, after their whole life, 50-something years, 55, something like that, nothing has changed. What can we do? Should we have addressed it sooner? Well, hell yeah, of course. Um, But what can we do now? So again, I'm going to have actual, like, things that we can do in the next uh, intro and in the description box. I'll probably put some in the description box here in this one. But so, yeah, what can we do? I'm going to keep reading just a little bit here before I let y'all go. The history of our species stands witness to terribly destructive yet endlessly repeated patterns of behavior that all arise from what we think we know. We are the only species in the world whose members destroy one another in a persistent, systematic way acting out of deeply conditioned yet delusional belief in the arbitrary divisions that separate us while we need to access to while we need access to the knowledge of the past for its pragmatic applications in the present we must also recognize its sobering inadequacies so let me rephrase that because john wasn't going to say it like this in his book but Shit is fucked up, and we need to witness it. We need to do something. And I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend that I'm the person to tell you. I'm going to share some stuff. But I'm not going to pretend. Because like I said... Obviously, if you've seen a picture of me, 
you know what I look like. But so yeah, I just kind of want to end it. I just kind of want to end it by saying, what would we be if we allowed these behaviors and these accepted knowledges to continue? I think we know that answer, and I don't think we like that answer. And then I also would offer that selective attention doesn't help anybody. So, again, I'm not going to pretend that I'm the authority on this because I'm not. Um, and I'm not. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I just I, ha- I had to offer these things up. Because this is who I am. This is how I approach the world. I I don't know. I, I like to think about things in terms of, you know, I don't know. I guess, like, I try and be... Like, I honor emotion, but I try and also look at it from the perspective without emotion. And I try and balance the two, but I think that um, understanding that when you say you know something or when you say that you, well, this is just how it is, you're putting up a barrier and you're probably accepting something that somebody else has given you. I think keeping that in the forefront of your mind when dealing with any of the things that are happening in t- today's society, no matter what they are, but especially what's happening um, with, again, the systematic oppression or when we think about prison labor, how that's slave labor. When we think about any of these things, I think it's just important to, to, to approach it with the idea that um, I don't know everything. I don't know all the answers. So... Who can I go to to learn from? I think I'm going to leave it here. I, Like I said, I'm going to have some uh, resources in the description box below. But I also am going to have, a, I think, a more complete list in the next podcast. Um, and I'm also not going to really talk about dropping these podcasts because... Again, I think we should kind of be diverting our our attention, but I would be remiss to not say anything, um, especially because that's kind of what we're talking about, like just perpetuating things by not saying anything. So I, I just would like to metaphorically hold my hand up, say something, and then go back to listening. So I urge you all to do the same. And then do something, you know, not just not just say something, be silent, go back to usual programming, like say something, but then also listen and then also do some things, do some things that feel right for you. As always, this is an inclusive place. If you're listening, I love you and thank you.